When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello everyone, this is Bunny Michael. Welcome to episode 46. I hope you've had a fabulous week. I have a couple of announcements. One, at the end of this episode, we are going to be playing a response from a listener to another question. Yay, people are actually sending in responses. That's exciting, so stay tuned for that at the end of the questions. And also, a reminder that if you're sending in questions and you don't subscribe to the Patreon, you could very well be missing the answers on our bonus episodes. So for anybody who hasn't signed up to our Patreon, please do so. It's how we're able to keep this podcast going. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. You get access to all bonus episodes. So hit us up at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. Well, I hope that this week you were able to do some self-care. I know me personally have not been on top of my normal self-care routine. I think it's because of the move. I haven't like felt in the groove yet. Like I don't know where in this house like is really going to be my meditation spot. I've been like so excited that I haven't really been like reading, you know, doing my normal things. And I know it is taking a toll and I really need to get back on it. When you're out of practice of Checking in with yourself and spending some intimate time with your higher self, it's really easy to forget how much of a difference it makes to your mood and your outlook and how you feel inside. Even though I do experience love on a daily basis from my family and my friends and my spouse and my pets, the connection to my higher self is a different kind of love. It's a shift in consciousness where I can feel love in my awareness. 
It's a love that isn't prompted by what someone does or what someone says to me. It's an opening of my heart, like taking a deep breath and remembering love. I had an experience once in an ayahuasca ceremony, and before I get into it, I'm not in any way saying that you need to do ayahuasca to have this experience or that I recommend it to everyone because I don't think it's for everyone. And we could talk for hours about plant medicines and the benefits and the political and environmental implications, but that will have to be for another time. Ayahuasca has been part of my journey. And at one of the ceremonies, I was having a pretty tough time. I was in a really fearful, dark place in my thoughts. And those dark thoughts became very visceral and visual. And I was very scared. Probably one of the most frightening moments in my life. The ceremony is like a very long meditation that lasts for hours. So I don't know how long I was like in this fearful, suffering place in my mind, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And then like a flash, I remembered love. Like I remembered that love exists. And this bright light started shining on me. And at first I thought, oh, someone was flashing an actual light at me, but that wasn't really happening at all. It was just, I could feel this light of love and it washed over me like a wave, removing all of this fear, removing all of this darkness and this pain that I was experiencing for so long that I thought I wasn't going to get out of. It was like a wash. And I saw in that moment and what that experience taught me was that my thoughts, my fearful thoughts can create immense suffering. And this experience showed me what my thoughts had the power to do. And when I thought of love, it changed the entire experience and my entire reality in that moment. Now that was a very extreme example, but it's not very different from what we all experience daily. We just don't always have the awareness to realize how our thinking is enforcing our experience, how our self-judgment and our fear and our self-criticism and self-loathing and our judgment of others create an experience of suffering. But our higher selves know that there is another way of seeing ourselves and seeing and experiencing the world. And that is through the vision of love. It's through the awareness of love. It's a shift in our consciousness to realizing we are enough, that there's nothing wrong with us, that we were created perfect. And all we really need to do is let our light shine and help other people realize that they have a light to shine as well. That creates a whole new world. That creates a whole new daily experience for ourselves. And that is the power that will transform this world from all of the unnecessary suffering to the realization that all of it is pointless. You know, we're all kind of stuck in the cycle, in that prison of judgment and fear and hatred. 
And it's like having blinders on, you know? But when you don't remind yourself that that's what's really going on, when you don't take time to remember love and remember that you are your higher self and remember that everyone else has a higher self and see through that lens, you will get back into that cycle because that is how most of the world operates. So we have to be vigilant. We have to have a practice. We have to keep reminding each other. But that's why we're all here, right? (laughs) To remind ourselves, to share, to help each other, to remember that we're not alone on this journey and that there really is the possibility for our reality to change, for us to change how we see ourselves, and for the world to change. I mean, what else could be more important than remembering love, right? Okay, so with that, let's get to the questions. Hi, Bunny. I'm so grateful for your content and have listened to every episode of EXO Higher Self. I was hoping to receive some guidance from you on a complex issue I've been dealing with for a few months now. Basically, it started when last year I had been working as a cashier and was in a toxic relationship with someone who was verbally, psychologically abusive, all while struggling financially and living with a roommate who was also unhealthy for me mentally. Um, All this is to say I picked up some addictive coping mechanisms, which involved smoking and alcohol. In December, I broke up with that partner, moved back in with my parents, and quit that job, and I got a therapist. I was doing a lot better. Then one night, I drank too much at a social outing, came back home, passed out, and hit my head on the floor to the degree that I had lost my memory, had convulsions, and was diagnosed with a concussion and TBI, or traumatic brain injury. Um, Since then, I have experienced a new level of difficulty in my mental health as these physical and mental symptoms are more difficult than anything I had been dealing with last year or in my life, really. I was... um, With the help of my therapist and doctors, I'm doing a lot better, but for a while it it was so crippling, I didn't have any motivation to get out of bed in the morning. And um, all this is to say that I feel like I was really close to health and happiness, and it was stripped from me, and I can't help but feel like that was some form of like punishment or that I'm not meant to be happy or healthy and I feel really disconnected from my body Um, and I'm really scared and I don't know why this had to happen when I was doing better and um, if you have any guidance for me I'd greatly appreciate it thanks for listening and have a great day. Sweetheart, this injury does not take away from the growth you were already experiencing. It doesn't cancel it. It doesn't undo it. And no, this injury was not a punishment. The universe isn't out to punish you. Nothing was stripped from you. It was an accident. 
that happened because you passed out when you were drunk. That was the cause and the injury was the effect. There is no secret conspiracy that you don't deserve health and happiness. In fact, your brain and body are repairing themselves now because you do deserve health and happiness. You're going to therapy and writing into this podcast because your higher self knows you deserve health and happiness. That is just a fact and nothing that happens can change that. You should be really proud of how much you have grown spiritually and emotionally, leaving your unhealthy relationships, realizing your coping mechanisms were not helping and maybe making things worse. But this is a journey and we all fall back on old patterns. We all get re-triggered. We all make mistakes. You're human, babe. This journey of deconditioning and healing and aligning with our higher selves, it isn't easy. It seems to me that this injury has become like a symbol for shame. Shame you are in an unhealthy partnership. Shame you had unhealthy coping mechanisms. Shame you passed out and hit your head. Shame for whatever things that happened that made you feel like you needed to cope. But you have nothing to be ashamed about. We use whatever coping mechanisms we think we have access to, to deal with life. And just because you have had things in your life or things from the past that were difficult for you to feel, so you used alcohol and smoking to numb those feelings, doesn't mean you did something wrong or should be ashamed of those actions. Self-awareness takes time. And you didn't know what you didn't know. I'm really thankful that there wasn't permanent damage from your fall and that you are on the road to healing. Your higher self uses every experience to bring you closer to your own love and self-acceptance. That doesn't mean your higher self chose for this to happen. No, it wasn't your higher self that decided to drink too much that night. But the moment something happens, your higher self recalculates like a GPS rerouting you back on your path. Can you see how this injury and what you have had to go through is a lesson on accepting yourself, all of yourself, even your mistakes? even your wounds, even the things you're in the process of changing. There is nothing wrong with you and there never was. Your body is working hard on your behalf, working to repair itself. And that is love. It's all love. Love is all around you, in your parents, in your therapists, in your doctors, in yourself, in me. This moment is a reckoning of just allowing yourself to let that love in and accept you deserve to be treated with care and compassion and that includes the way you treat yourself. This injury was not a step backwards in your growth. It just elevated the level of awareness you need to have. And life does this to all of us because we need to be able to love ourselves Not just when we're doing great, but also when we fuck up. That's the realization. Only the acknowledgement of what we deserve will actually steer us to making choices that reflect that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, Bunny. Um, I uh, have been listening to your podcast for a few days. <laughs> so a very brand new listener. Um, but I kind of found it because I've been on a journey of um, self-love and growth. And, you know, I think um, it came at the right time. Um, but, you know, a lot of my self-love and self-growth actually stems from... Um, having opened up to love um, and dating in the past year, funnily enough, like in a pandemic. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of years without dating, without having sex, um, without really being interested in anyone. And it's not that I didn't have these thoughts before, it's just that I felt like I couldn't voice them and that, you know, Dating was not for me. Sex was not for me. Um, and last year, a lot of things coincided. One of them was the pandemic. Another one was I stopped taking the pill. Um, and I feel like that helped me to open up a lot and um, started dating again at the end of the year. And, you know, after a, a few heartbreaks, <laughs> um realized I needed to work on myself and now I'm in this point where I don't want to meet anyone on the apps and I want to meet people in person but a thing that keeps coming up for me that I think is a bit of a barrier to meet people in person is that I still struggle a lot with um abundance, feeling abundance, and feeling like I deserve things. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts about, you know, uh, you know, when am I going to meet someone, you know, and just kind of impatience. And uh, I feel really bad about having those thoughts, because I feel like it hinders me just relaxing and, you know, allowing things to happen and, and then possibly meeting someone. And, um, yeah, so I don't know if you have any advice for that on how to get over those like nagging, you know, thoughts of, oh, well, you know, never going to meet someone, uh, but I really want to. And um, or like if I'm out with a friend and we both notice the same guy, I immediately feel very competitive. And, you know, even though nothing's going to happen with that guy, like. I just I was just hoping if you could give you know some guidance on how to get over those nagging feelings of um of just you know not not abundance um and and being a bit more patient with like the process of meeting people and uh maybe even how to approach people in person because I haven't done it in a long time um so yeah I would really appreciate that Thank you very much. Well, first, I think that we're all getting a little more impatient 
because with technology, everything is now set up to happen so fast. Like, want some groceries? Push a couple of buttons on your phone and groceries show up on your doorstep. And I think that mentality has also come into our dating culture with the apps. Like, swipe, swipe, swipe. I have a date this Friday night. And since you said you don't want to meet someone on the apps and you want to meet them in person, now you have to be even more mindful of patience. The thing is, our culture has told all of us that we need to hurry and find our person, that one person, and it's like a scavenger hunt to find them. Look this certain way, go to this bar, go to that party, say this thing, text on this day, etc. And if you don't hurry up and figure it out, you might miss your chance. And when that thinking is consciously or unconsciously in your mind, a lot of fear can come in and make you feel desperate to find someone or else risk being alone forever. These thoughts that we have that put us in a fearful state of lack, these thoughts are our conditioning and they're not telling us the truth. And even if you found that person you are looking for tomorrow, the most important lesson here is learning how to build awareness around your thinking. Because if you don't continue to work on that, even when you're in a relationship, you will always be in fear of losing it and being alone. You will feel that sense of loss even when you have what you're looking for. Because it's not about the partner you want. It's about how you feel inside and what you're telling yourself. I say all the time on this podcast that in order to hear what our higher selves are telling us, you have to dial in. You have to prioritize that voice for love more than the voice of judgment and fear. You have to make it the most important thing in your life because when you do, your outlook on everything else changes from I am not enough to I am enough. When you're grounded in your own abundance, and I can tell from what you said that you already know this, when you're grounded in your own abundance, you totally trust in the divine timing of your growth. Think about a rose that hasn't fully bloomed. Before the bloom, when the plant first appears out of the soil, would you say that that plant is lacking? That something's wrong with that plant? Or would you say it hasn't fully grown and with time and the proper care, it will bloom? That's how we work. You can't rush the growth, but you have to water it with care. And that includes building mindfulness around what you're telling yourself. If something hasn't happened yet, it's because you're not ready for it. And that is not a bad thing at all. You don't want something when you're not ready for it. Relationships are beautiful, but they also create a new set of challenges. And you want to be grounded in your higher self so you can set yourself up for success. In the meantime, as you wait for the divine timing of meeting someone, when you go out with your friends, rather than making the goal of the night be meeting someone to date, make your goal of going out having a fun time. And if competitive or fearful thoughts come up, ask yourself, is thinking this helping me have a fun time right now? And if you're debating talking to someone new or approaching someone new, ask yourself, would it be fun to give this a try? You deserve to enjoy your process of growth and experimentation. 
Every day of life is a gift. Don't miss out. The following question is from an email. Dear Bunny, I have heard my whole life that I'm selfish and it's morally wrong to prioritize my own wants and needs. I heard that I was selfish a lot from my dad when I was a child and from many friends and romantic partners over the years. A partner who broke up with me two days ago told me I'm selfish during breakup talks. The breakup has really illuminated a lot of my previously repressed shadow. For example, I noticed my ego kicking and screaming, throwing a full ego tantrum at the slightest sign of abandonment. Now that I have been abandoned, it happened yet again. I feel a little bit stuck in this triggered state. My deepest childhood wounds have been busted open and they feel gross and infected. They have not healed properly as I once thought. I have been able to get in contact with my inner child and show her unconditional love and compassion as I see she simply craves human connection, which is why she self-sabotages by pushing people away to gain control of the situation when it even slightly feels like they might leave. But in the shadow work, I get stuck with selfish. I cannot seem to identify a wound that has caused me to put my needs ahead of others. I don't even know where to place unconditional compassion for this one. This now ex-partner told me that I'm selfish when it comes to deciding what to do when hanging out. Just in daily life, I'm selfish to the point that it was a red flag for him. In my mind, I was making a conscious effort to be selfless and I thought I was making huge progress with selfishness and generosity. There were many instances like where he and I had completely opposite perceptions of the shared reality of our relationship and it has left me feeling deeply confused. It cut deep to hear him say things because of all the times I was labeled selfish as a child for simply expressing my desires and needs, not understanding why that was bad. And now the work I thought I was doing with generosity and consideration of others has seemed to not be effective enough. I am at a loss with where to start working on this part of my shadow that has come to light again. How to truly honor and integrate this shadow aspect that is easier to repress or ignore. How to reconcile self-care, self-respect, and honoring my own needs while also giving to others. I make it my intentional practice to give generously often, but apparently I am still too selfish for someone to be in love with me. I know that's an egoic narrative, but my higher self feels so obscured right now. And I'm struggling with getting back in touch with the Atman after deep childhood heart wounds have been severed open. Any advice or alternate perspectives on what it means to be selfish and heal selfishness are so much appreciated. I don't know the specific dynamics of your last relationship. I don't know when or if you were being selfish at one point of time or just prioritizing your needs at another point of time. But what I do know is that just because someone is telling you you are a certain way doesn't make it true. I grew up with parents that often made me feel like my feelings were too much, like they didn't have time and I was being too dramatic. It made me feel very unheard and like something was wrong with me. And then I had partners afterwards who also told me that I was too much for them. And for a long time, I kept that with me. I believed it. 
We often find partners that mirror the dynamics we had with our parents because that was the example of love we were around. But that doesn't mean it's what we need. Additionally, we take our wounds and triggers into our relationships and often feel defensive and protective of them. For example, once I realized that my feelings were in fact valid and that I deserved a partner that was able to hear them, I went through a phase where the moment I felt even the tiniest bit unheard or misunderstood, it created a huge trigger and I would blow it totally out of proportion because I wanted to protect myself from feeling that kind of pain again. And it felt like in that moment, I was like yelling at all of the people who didn't hear me. And because I would get so defensive and angry and yell when I was triggered, it created a situation where it was in fact very difficult for my partner to hear my feelings in that moment because they felt so attacked. And so my wounds kept unconsciously creating the same experiences, the same cycles of hurt. I'm saying all of this because relationships are never so black and white. It's never one person is selfish and the other isn't. It's not that simple. Both people are bringing their stuff into the partnership, their own wounds, insecurities, and fears. And so when you said... There were many instances like where he and I had completely opposite perceptions of the shared reality of our relationship. That makes a lot of sense to me because you two are coming from different realities where certain behaviors have different meanings for both of you. Something you do might seem very selfish to him, but not to you. It doesn't mean one person is right and one person is wrong. It means you have different needs. The key to a relationship working is being able to communicate in a way where both of your needs are respected and you work as a team to understand why those needs are important to each other and how to create a relationship that is a creative collaboration to make both of your needs work together. But the moment anyone gets stuck in the your needs are wrong and mine are right, The collaboration has no room to grow, but that's not necessarily always a bad thing. There's some things that certain people don't want to compromise on, and there are some people who just aren't compatible. I get the sense that you are a person who is very grounded in your needs, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You just also have to realize that meeting someone you love's needs is also one of your needs too, because it benefits you to give someone that kind of attention and care. Sometimes we get stuck in our ways, you know, we get a little stubborn about what we think is right for us. And when someone comes around and seems to be getting in the way of that, it makes us feel out of control. But guess what? Letting go of the need to always be in control can be a really good thing. Learning how to be flexible and malleable is good too. Everyone has the power to teach you something about yourself that you didn't know before. Moving forward, I would try not to focus so much on the times when people in your life told you that you were selfish. I would try not to focus so much on that word and replay those moments in your mind because I'm sure those same people also told you at different times that you were kind and that they loved you and that you were a great friend and a great partner. 
because we're never just one thing. You're not 100% selfish and you're not 100% selfless either. Your shadow side is the same as all of our shadow sides, working to accept ourselves just how we are and also to accept other people just as they are too. From that place, you can keep growing and evolving and honoring both your needs and the needs of others. You'll see they aren't as in conflict as you previously thought. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I want to start off by thanking you for what you do. You spark a lot of hope and clarity for a lot of people, myself included. I have a question about dating. I've had many dating experiences and there's times when I find myself in similar situations. I'll find myself dating men who I have a great time with in person but appear really unavailable when I want to keep in touch through text. It feels like I keep guessing on whether the person I'm dating likes me or not. They'll send me dry texts or take a long time to get back to me. Things feel different in person, but their texting habits are definitely on my mind whenever we see each other. I'm in this situation with this person I've been seeing lately. We've been seeing each other for a month by now. I feel like I put more energy into our texts and I'll be flirty. He doesn't return the same energy, although when we were first talking, I feel like he put more effort in his texts. Neither of us are looking for a serious relationship, but even with casual situations, I still feel like communication is important for me. I haven't voiced my frustration yet, and I'm thinking I should mention something, although the thought of that makes me feel vulnerable. But overall, I feel like this person is emotionally unavailable, and I feel that I'm put in a place where I feel needy and neglected. I'll get attention and compliments from other men, but I want to hear from this one person I've been seeing. I'm not sure how to go about this, but it just drives me crazy, honestly. I feel powerless and preoccupied. I hope my email makes sense, and I'm open to hearing your thoughts about this. Thank you in advance, and again, I appreciate all your wisdom and guidance. Not everyone has the same relationship with text and communication. So this person might not even realize that they aren't being as communicative as you would like. Also, it's not always easy to communicate through text. I mean, perhaps he feels less confident about his writing skills or ability to be cute and flirt in that way. Sometimes we read into things so much, we kind of lose perspective that not everyone thinks like we do or has the same needs. You said you've been seeing each other for a month and both of you don't want anything serious. Well, what does serious mean to you? Does it mean talking about your feelings? What does serious mean to him? Does it mean not talking about your feelings? Because sooner or later, no matter how casual or non-committal this relationship is, there's going to be a time where you have to be vulnerable enough to communicate what you want because you have to be your authentic self, no matter how serious the relationship is or not. Just because you have feelings doesn't mean you're being demanding. Communication is about sharing, not saying, I need this or else. That being said, knowing someone for only a month means there's a lot you don't know. Not just about their texting style, but a lot of other things. So I would give it a little more time before you make any conclusions about whether or not you need to have a talk about the communication. You could learn something soon that changes your perspective 
Maybe his ex broke up with him in a text, and now he doesn't think it's the proper way to talk about meaningful things. Maybe he thinks texting equals a serious relationship, and waiting to respond is how he keeps it casual. That's his boundary. Maybe you won't even be into him in a couple of weeks and hope he never texts you again. Who knows? The important thing is knowing that your feelings and needs and boundaries are valid. And anyone who doesn't want to hear about who you are and be with you in your authenticity doesn't deserve your effort and energy. That doesn't mean everyone you date needs to agree with everything you want and give it to you in the relationship. It means they respect you enough to be honest about their intentions and their needs and boundaries and feelings too. No matter how casual a relationship is, honesty is the most important thing. So don't be afraid to ask the questions you want to ask so that you can know if this is something you actually want to be involved in. That wraps up the questions, and now we're going to hear a response from a listener to a previous listener's question. This response came in an email. Hi, Bunny. This is a sort of answer to a question on episode 27 on what it means to be an adult and coping with insecurities that come with society's definition of adulthood. So I hope I can make sense of what I want to say. The other day, I was lying in bed with my cat thinking about me as a child and how badly I wanted to have a pet that could sleep with me in the same bed so I wouldn't be so scared at night. One day, my mom and I had to leave the country very abruptly, and that meant leaving everything behind. All of a sudden, life turned into a nonstop struggle, and growing in a foreign country has had me in survival mode for many years. So as I reached my late 20s, for the first time in decades, I have a room of my own in a house where I feel safe and a cat that naps by my side all day long. So I started to think about how my child self would react if they came to visit me and I had to show them around my room. My eyes watered just picturing how mesmerized they'd be to know that this is their room now too. That this is their cat and their bed and I found so much validation from their joy as if someone has been building and putting together a space for them but that it's me. Now I don't have a job. I couldn't even finish school. My income is very limited and it is extremely easy at times to feel less than my peers but this encounter with my child self helped me feel successful at things that are usually overlooked taken for granted, or we even forget we desired. My younger self would think that I have their dream life, and that invites me to celebrate what I do have now as my very own adult persona who feeds me and takes care of me. So I'd like to remind you that you are very much good enough and that your inner child might have a more accurate notion of what success really is because they don't care about jobs, bills, social capital, and all that. Hope it helps. Big kisses. Wow, that was so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I'm teared up. 
I love that. Thank you so much for sending that in. What a beautiful story and reflection. And yes, that is a wonderful way of thinking of it. You know, we take so much for granted and we always just look at what we're lacking rather than just appreciating what we do have and the things that really, really matter. So thank you so much for sending that in. That was beautiful. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Remember to take care of yourselves this week. Be kind. Do your self-care routine. Even if it's like five minutes, you know, just do something to prioritize your higher self, okay? Remember to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash self. Subscribe, support us, get access to bonus episodes and video episodes are up on there too. So that's cool. I hope you have a fantastic week. I can't wait to be with you next week. I love you and so does your higher self. See you later. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.